to another episode of Bits and Bites from Launch. Today we have a special guest here, Raphael from, I'm sorry, Raphael, you're going to have to correct me on this, uh, Ephemere Creative. Yes. <laughs> oh, I got it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. How do you pronounce Ephemere Creative? Or just give us a quick introduction of yourself. Um, yeah. So I'm uh, Raph. Uh, and I'm the co-founder of Ifemaf Creative, and yeah, uh, we build build uh, tech for companies with a social or environmental focus. I think it's super embarrassing for for basically BC Canadians to try and pronounce your name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every once in a while, I wonder if that was a, a good idea. But you know, we're both like I'm I'm bilingual. Like my my half my family is francophone. Um, oh. and half my family's Anglophone and you know Ava's a Francophone living in BC so I don't know, it's kind of cool Bilingual. works out well yeah. that was definitely a unique name for sure what does it stand for it basically just means ephemeral um, so ephemeral creative um, oh, okay yeah. cool yeah so um, let's just get started then so what kind of motivated you to kind of start um, this company uh, so the impetus was kind of like, so, okay. So a few years ago, I've been working in and around startups for, I don't know, like six years now ish. Um, and, uh, that's, that's either been sort of as a, a contractor, a co-founder, a, I don't know, just doing stuff <laughs> advisor. Um, and, uh, so after working on a couple different companies, I felt like I kind of just needed to get back to, I needed to just make money, you know, I needed to pay rent. <laughs> and uh, so I went back to freelancing um, and I found that the companies that I was working for when I was freelancing, that I felt or I had the most strongest connection with were those that really had like a social or environmental impact. I just felt good working for them. Um, so yeah, I figured I would try to t create this, this company that had this, uh, social or environmental impact focus. And I felt like I couldn't do it all on my own. Um, and so I put out a message on AngelList and most of the responses, uh, so it was a job posting on AngelList and uh, most of the responses were terrible. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> um, and they clearly did not read the job description. Uh, but Ava was the one person who's like, oh, actually, that's really cool. Like, I love the mission focus. And I love like what you're proposing as far as uh, doing stuff with sort of a social environmental focus. And so, yeah, we, we met up and then chatted for a while and slowly started working together. And so roughly a year later, sort of officially started uh, working on DC together. So just because we get this question a lot, yeah. um, is that your recommendation for how to find a co-founder for your company, product or service or otherwise? Um, I feel like that's a, so actually I was part, part of why it, it worked that way uh, was that uh, one of the folks I'd met at a, or who ran an accelerator I'd been a part of previously, um, I reached out to her for uh, advice on sort of finding a co-founder. And essentially she, she said, if you can find some way to work together for a while 
and you see that you just you do work together well then eventually yeah that's that's uh that that is a person that you can that you can probably then trust as a as a co-founder and so it was it was basically that i i realized that i i needed like some help um and uh ava and i just sort of slowly worked together like little bits here and there and and uh eventually we just realized like yeah we we do work well together and uh yeah i feel like it makes sense um with the previous company it worked completely differently and i actually thought like it it ended up working out fine but i think it's just been lucky um that's not an answer our listeners like to hear though (laughs) (laughs) well no like everything i feel like anyone who who thinks that their success comes with uh just from themselves is uh yeah they're full of it (laughs) (laughs) i I think everyone has some luck i think it's always like we we've touched on this topic a lot through the years through various various different platforms but like the idea of like a co-founder a do you need one b how do i get one like like we always always equate it to to dating right like it's this yeah it's this kind of like well like how are you supposed to find your wife like there's there's no formula right like different things work for different people but yeah. like if if there was a way to kind of measure that out, I'm sure like there'd be a startup <laughs> all all over it already, right? <laughs> well, is it? I mean, there are startups trying to do that, right? I, oh, really? Isn't there, like, <laughs> there's. I feel like there. I remember there was one called like Founder Dating, and there. Yeah, like, well, there's one. There should be one for every dating website there is out there, right? So, <laughs> yeah. so I mean, I'm like, it won't stop people from trying. But I think I think the the right and the crappy answer is it's it's a bit of of luck. It's a bit of you know you opening up your mind to not just being able to work with yourselves in some cases. Sometimes it's opening to work with people that are that bring different gifts than you. Yeah. Right. It's not it's not just like, oh, this person agrees with me a lot. We should work together. Like like Gina and I disagree all the time and yet we show up <laughs> on time for, for the podcast. So but that's part of what makes things work, right? Yeah, I think so too. Like you, you have to find someone who sort of compliments you, not someone who is exactly the same as you. Dude, I mean, I kind of, I'm kind of curious. So you know, you mentioned that some of the applications you originally got on AngelList was actually terrible. Like, how would you, <laughs> <laughs> like, can you elaborate a little bit for those that you know might be interested in like applying for jobs on AngelList? I was one of them. I actually have found launch. Okay. Um, but what would differentiate? Like, let's say someone wanted to work for your company specifically. What are some of the key things that you're looking for? Like, do you want them to have like a profile completely filled out on AngelList? list or is it more with the resume or just kind of like mix of everything honestly for me like the i think it's a little bit like if you're if you're going to look for a co-founder the way that i did and set it up as a job posting you kind of have to do the stuff you would do with the job posting right like you have to figure out like when you post something like i found if you post on on indeed for example you'll get tons of candidates within like <laughs> hours of posting and most of them haven't read what you posted <laughs> like they just filtered by something they're like oh yeah software developer i can write some code and they send their application they haven't read that oh you're in this field and looking for someone with this background and they are Wrote not the bought that that script application. So <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think it's the same sort of thing. Like you have to put information that sort of qualifies really what you're looking for. That 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 sort of I don't know if you have things that are almost like calls to action in the in the posting, and you see that people haven't 
like use those uh, to to get back in touch with you. I was uh, talking to to someone recently who likes to put um, at the bottom of her job postings. She always says, "Oh, respond with X." in your in your title to like in your in your uh in your title line for your email and then something else so if it doesn't start with like x whatever that is then she just ignores them all um it's an like, easter yeah, egg they, system yeah yeah and so there's ways of like qualifying that way um in my case it was really just that like i i had said like i want to work on environmental and social s- stuff Mm-hmm. and like let me know what you like i don't know uh what what sort of causes you feel strongly about or like what kind of uh things motivate you and like the responses that i got were mostly like hey yeah i build tech uh i do uh these really cool projects hire me please i'm just like i a it's not i'm not hiring like it it says it's a co-founder position um <laughs> And you didn't respond to any of the other things that I that I talked about in the posting. So, <laughs> what do you mean my fifteen years in the oil industry aren't enough? <laughs> right? Yeah, was, so many of them were completely irrelevant. There was like one that was like unclear, but then once I dug into his profile, it looked like he was just doing like twenty thousand different things. And um, when I tried to schedule a call with him just to see if he he was uh potentially interesting he just kept putting it off so i was like well i'm just not that guy yeah i mean that kind of reminds me the screening process and call to action like that's actually how launched it too like or we still do it we just have hey send us the five minute video of uh answering this and this question and i remember when i first applied myself i was like oh my God, like, I don't know any of these answers. And like, I had to like Google and then I was like, well, I mean, some of them, okay, like I did know how to answer some of them, but you know, like mm. I did need help of <laughs> my dev boy <laughs> to kind of like, you know, supplement my knowledge and a lot of help with Google, but Hey, I still did it. <laughs> we need to reevaluate some things mid-show. Um, <laughs> But no, free plug for us. I mean, at the time of recording, we are looking for a new marketing manager. So, you know, if any of what we're talking about is interesting to you, uh, find out how to reach us. Hey, also, if MR Creative is looking for a junior full stack developer. There you go. (laughs) I mean, this is going to age well, like two years from now, it's going to be interesting when people re-listen. (laughs) <laughs> that's a thing right people re-listen to podcasts I, I feel like i have like seen some podcasts where like the host will say like oh yeah we're getting a lot of comments from people listening to the episode from back in like 2017 i'm like who does that <laughs> I, I, people I in a pandemic do, do. That. <laughs> yeah. yeah fair <laughs> um yeah i just want to say to help like get a better understanding um so what kind of services exactly do you provide for companies that are striving for social and environmental change um, I mean, we do software development and I guess like software development and website design. So whether it's uh, organizations who just want to like the, the pitch is we use technology to help scale social and environmental impact. So if your mission has to do with social and environmental impact, whether we're helping you set up services or like deploy like a, a marketing site or or that sort of thing, or you want to build like an application, like you're, you're building a product to, to accomplish your goals. 
um, or to accelerate your your mission, then that's that's the sort of stuff we can help with. So in many cases, it might just be building and deploying uh, sort of custom WordPress sites. Um, but the projects that I prefer um, are the the more exciting ones are the ones where we're building like web apps. I don't know, in like more technical terms, like I've gotten really into like building out processes to sort of deploy Kubernetes clusters with Django as uh, I love Django and Python to, to manage applications it's and It's going to be really good for our that. Google ratings. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's that's awesome. But uh, what what I was going to ask is like, you know, obviously I've known you for for more than a couple of years. You've been involved with Launch from I think pretty much 2015, I want to say, which is around the time I started with Launch. Yeah. Um. So so we've we've both been around for a while, right? Like so so you've seen everything there is to see, frankly, in Vancouver, both from like a clientele side, from like a startup side, like. What from your kind of unique vantage point, what are, what are you seeing that's out there right now? Like, are are more people building? Like, is is that a, a sector specifically social and environmental impact? Is that a sector that's that's growing in Vancouver, or or are you still getting a lot of requests for for? I don't want to say like more traditional because because we're still talking about tech at the end of the day, but but like maybe it's still like a lot of SaaS, a lot of a lot of um, I don't know, e-commerce or, or whatever it is. Uh, I mean, I think that there's there's more and more interest and demand in in uh, in sort of doing good while while what with with your business. So like whether it's like B Corps, like B Corps are, are growing and growing. Um, you're seeing more and more of them. Um, and you see like a lot more of uh, a lot more people sort of entering into like impact investing and these sort of impact uh, accelerators. Vancouver itself, like as an ecosystem for that. Um, I don't know. I feel like it, uh, I find it complicated. <laughs> um, you know, there's folks like Spring who are, who are focused on sort of impact. They've sort of changed direction a little bit. Um, I've been involved with like a group called, uh, called the Good Work Society, which is mm-hmm. just a really small group of people who come together as like service providers, uh, who provide, whether it's like marketing, content creation, uh, tech related services for companies or organizations with uh, sort of social environmental impact, um, that seems to like, they seem to be doing all right. Like the folks that I've met through there. Um, so I think it, it exists. It's out there. I think it's growing. Um, I've been like involved with, uh, like one of the projects I'm working on at the moment is uh, involved with the social innovation Academy. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, I mean, just seeing that those, those things exist in Vancouver. And I mean, that's associated with UBC. I know SFU has, um, radius radius. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like there's a there's a pretty decent ecosystem for organizations that are impact oriented. Um, yeah, and I think it is growing. Yeah. My understanding is that you've actually been to working and living in quite a number of cities, right? You've been traveling around a lot before kind of settling in here. Yeah. <laughs> Where were some of the cities that you've gone through and like have worked in or have you ever done kind of the like the remote working travel? Like I know some devs love to just like, you know, get a car that just travel across like Canada or the U S and they're just like working along the way. Like what were some of your <laughs> adventures and experiences like? 
I have not done that. Um, I I remember there was do you remember, uh, Shu, uh, Shu who was working on what do you call it? Shu Blue. His uh... Shu's done a number of things. So Shu is one. <laughs> Shu is one of our very early launch alumni. He he was uh, one of the product managers at Zynga. I don't know what his title is. That Zynga it's it's almost ten years old now. Yeah. Um, but but he he's a he's a mentor of ours as well as alumni. So he I think he actually has moved coasts and then back <laughs> and then again. Yeah, uh, a couple of times now. So it seems to be a trend for launch alumni. I remember him at like when he 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 left to to go down, drive down the 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 western coast, and then he yep. went back up, and then he went across Canada, and he was <laughs> oh, wow. doing all of that while working. And I was like, that sounds like so much fun. Um, in my case, I have not done that. I have had the like the privilege of growing up uh sort of around the world my parents worked in international development um my dad did some anti-corruption work and my mom did uh a variety of things starting with like water and sanitation projects with the world bank and with uh the uh, canadian it's called canadian international development agency before it was merged into or sort of shut down and merged into something else um but yeah so i i spent uh, my early childhood in Kenya, uh, then my sort of middle childhood in uh, in Washington <laughs> D.C., and then like my teenage years in Tanzania um, wow. before graduating high school and going to Montreal for university, and then down to the states for my masters, and then over to Nova Scotia, <laughs> and then and then here. So that's been my my path. Yeah. Wow. You made that sound so casual. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's just from, just went from Kenya to to Montreal. No biggie. Nova Scotia. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> where where would you consider home then? Like you know how people always say like oh man from no no that's 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 one of the so the term that that's used for like kids who grow up around the world like that is third culture kids. I don't know exactly <laughs> what that means, but it doesn't sound great. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, <laughs> like if that's how you introduce yourself, like, Oh, I'm a third culture kid. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't seem to have good connotations, although it doesn't, seem, it doesn't seem to be bad at all, to be honest, but just the sound of it. Yeah. It does sound a little weird. Um, but yeah, I know like a lot of my friends who grew up in that sort of same environment, like that question is really frustrating. <laughs> like what is home? <laughs> Like, I, I don't know. Uh, I guess at the moment, like, I just think of home as like either where my parents are or where Kristen is. So, hmm. yeah, my fiance. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just wanted to ask then, like, uh, I know that uh, you've been working in some different cities, like later on when you were working on companies and stuff like Nova Scotia, were you doing one of the incubator programs there, if I'm correct? Or? So, uh, in Nova Scotia, I was working sort of freelancing, but also, so initially I was, I got to Nova Scotia, I started looking for work. Um, and at the same time, I was like, I want to build a product. Um, so I started working on this kind of silly idea um, that was supposed to help you make decisions. I was like, I, I you know, and <laughs> like, it was, it was very silly, but it was just like, you know, if you have like a bunch of stuff that you could do. Like, I don't know, you're thinking about either watching a movie and you don't know which movie you want to watch or you're planning on going out, but you don't know where you want to go like for, for dinner. It's just like, oh, so it was just like picking something out of a hat. It was literally just that, like the visual on screen was like, it was a hat 
you uh-huh. put in all of your ideas and then it gives you a random one. <laughs> um, <laughs> I had some other ideas for like how it could actually become something, but anyway, it was, it was, it was a little silly. Um, but I was kind of curious about like, this is my first sort of foray into like building, building products and platforms. Um, and I found out that uh, Halifax had a space called Volta for uh, people building startups. Um, and they are, I don't, I don't know how they describe themselves, sort of incubator. I think incubator is probably the best word. Like they had essentially, I don't know if it's changed since then, but they used to have what was essentially like a community space. So anyone, you had to get approved, but once you had had a chat with someone from Volta, um, and they let you in, you could come just work from that office space you have internet coffee uh way too much red bull i actually ended up having (laughs) problems because of how much red bull i was drinking Uh, (laughs) but uh yeah so without paying you had access to like this this shared sort of office space which was pretty awesome um and then if you had a startup that was uh sort of further along um and you weren't just some random person working in this like shared space uh but you actually had something up and running you could apply and then you could get sort of this pretty solid office space that was discounted so um yeah it was really good rates uh and you also had to go through these sort of i think it was like every three months you would have a review with like the I don't know. I forget what how they referred to them, but basically, three of the people who started Volta, if I remember correctly, um, and they would sort of go over like your metrics and uh, figure out where you're going, set some goals for you uh, or together with you, and then you know three months later, you you check in and see where you're at and where you're going. Um, and in theory, that's that office space. You're only supposed to have it for a year. So it's supposed to be like you get this like nice discounted office space and you get all kinds of resources. Like you get your Amazon cloud credits and a bunch of other stuff. And in theory, that's supposed to help you get going. Um, in practice, it turned out like some companies like grew a lot and just kind of took over a bunch of the offices <laughs> and just kind of stayed there even after the year. <laughs> um but yeah, it was it was a really interesting space. Uh, so yeah, and it, it was cool too because it was really like a hub for the startup ecosystem in Halifax. And I think probably more broadly in Nova Scotia, like you'd see people from different startup ecosystems uh, near Halifax at Volta on a pretty regular basis. Um, yeah, and they've grown a lot, as I understand it. There, they used to be just like two floors in a small like building. Now they're like I think three or four floors in like one of the bigger, like I think the biggest tower or one of the bigger towers in in Halifax. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, and just to give you guys some context from the launch side, like this is this is like what 2013, 2014, right? That you were you were Volta. Something yeah, like 2014. So, so I really have a feeling that this was a like kind of like a growth hacking stunt that that Red Bull pulled because because <laughs> at the same time at launch on the other side of the country, like Red Bull would just randomly show up. There was no like rhyme or reason to it. They they'd have these. I guess we we used to call them like the, the Red Bull mascots or whatever. Yeah. They'd come by with their the Red Bull Mini Coopers and they just leave Red Bulls at our offices. 
<laughs> and, yeah. and so so like like all the startups like it became kind of like synonymous with like oh you you're doing a startup you drink red bull like and it kind of kind of worked right until we all realized that like you know our blood sugar was going to the crapper and and like we needed to see doctors every other week <laughs> but but until then it was kind of like oh you know you're you're a hustler you gotta do long hours drink the red bull eat ramen noodles and like that that was the startup kit <laughs> yeah yeah, it was literally the same thing at, at Volta. It was yeah, the the folks would arrive in their little Red Bull branded Mini Cooper and drop off like a case it's of Red always Bull. Always a Mini Cooper. It's very strange. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can't even see the image of it right now in my head because you know, like I was before this, I was working at a restaurant, um, and they also did the same thing. They just like pulled up in their little Mini Coopers, had the little Red Bull like <laughs> backpack on, and they like come in. They're like, "Do you guys want Red Bulls?" and just start. Passing it out, I'm like, wow, really awesome. <laughs> right. You've got to be honest. Did you hoard Red Bulls inside your desk? Yeah, complete right now. <laughs> Me? At, at Volta or at launch. I mean, you were at both places. <laughs> no, I, I did not. But I uh, I feel like they, they regularly had enough stock that I just, I would have a couple Red Bulls throughout the day sometimes <laughs> more. Because what definitely what happened at launch oh, is, is we would get like say 50 or, or some some number, right? Yeah. And then and then within two days, they'd all be gone. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes one day. And and it became clear later on that people were just hiding them in their desks. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. I yeah, no, I feel like I remember grabbing some at launch, but like I don't I definitely never hoarded them. Remember, like I used to work, there's like that, or I don't know if that still exists, but there's like that standing desk area. Uh kind of next I don't know if it the... exists now, but but yes, I definitely remember it. Yeah, so I just used to work from there most yeah. of the time. So. so you're more mobile to the kitchen. Yeah, you would have you would have seen my Red Bull. <laughs> 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 you caught me i know you were in the incubator i mean sam always calls you kind of like the poster child of like launch pad and he's been to a lot of our <laughs> so yep. you want to share a bit with like you know what you i guess like you know this is a really good time to give us like the feedback now <laughs> you can be yeah, live on air. <laughs> <Retro>. <laughs> i mean like you know what worked for you like what did, what worked for you at the launch space what did you think was in a lacking like you can be as brutal as honest this is what we want we want the real like the answers here right yeah yeah i'll just bleep out what i don't like <laughs> <laughs> i so i really enjoyed working at launch um like I, I i was missing when when i got to vancouver the thing that i was like really looking for is that sort of community space that, that i had found at, at volta mm-hmm. um and i feel like launch was the closest thing I could find to that. I think there's there there definitely is a different vibe. And I think the sort of community at, at Volta sort of stuck around longer. Like it's a stickier environment. Uh, Sam and I have talked about this a lot. Like I think it's in part because like Halifax is a smaller city. Um, so it's kind of like the only place uh vancouver has like a couple different sort of startup related things so it's not necessarily like there's not an obvious like yeah there's only one mm-hmm. like there's a couple so it's it's a community that's a little more shifting um but like i feel like i like one of the companies that i do some advising for right now i met at launch like three years ago and like i'm still working with them and of course i'm like still 
chatting with with you all five years five years down the line and uh, yeah i'm still like chatting with a bunch of people that i've that i've met through the years at at launch um so i feel like there is there is that that community side that i really appreciated um i also liked it just for i mean having office space when when i was (laughs) (laughs) when i was there like i know there's this like there's this thing that's complicated and like how you like how you build a, a space for startups like you don't want to be just co-working because then you mm-hmm. could just set up a co-working space and it's kind of different like i think launch's mission is is such that just doing that's like not enough right like if you really want to help like startups grow and and become something more um but uh yeah for me having having an office space <laughs> with uh with a bunch of other startups was just really cool um i what one thing that i really missed when i left launch was no more dogs in my life <laughs> i mean there's a way that's pretty simple to solve that but, uh, you've never no. taken up my advice on it <laughs> wait, wait which which what is well this? well, which well it's twofold right i think one it has to do with your current living situation whether it accepts dogs or not and yeah. if the answer is yes then it's a little bit easier if the answer is no well then you simply move that move move that situation um and then the second part is even easier is just get a dog <laughs> hey actually on a side note here apparently yeah. there's a policy that's going to be passed hopefully soon that uh landlords are not allowed to have any pet restrictions anymore so <laughs> yeah so we got really excited when we saw that because uh, yeah we're not allowed to have dogs in in this building um but we saw that and got really pumped and then read into it and it turns out that like while it's city council saying that they don't actually have jurisdiction. It turns oh, out it's no. it's under provincial jurisdiction. So they don't actually have the power to do anything. People Aww. saying things. Like the time that Raf came up to me and suggested that I should solve the the housing crisis in Vancouver. <laughs> and I said, yeah, sure, let's do it, buddy. I think you can do it, Sam. Oh, <laughs> uh, I just, you know, I know you mentioned that, yeah, yeah. like, the community kind of experience is different in comparison with, like, Nova Scotia and Vancouver. Like, yeah. do you find that, like, what are some of the differences that you notice? Because I know, like, Vancouver, as you mentioned, like, our communities are definitely more spread apart. And there's a lot of different, like, mini hubs whether it's like within the schools yeah. or whether it's like through different groups organizing more startup events. What were some of the other differences that you think you found, like in terms of like mentality of like the entrepreneurs or maybe just like the community overall? Like, I mean, I'm sure there are differences. Sometimes I like hesitate to generalize, but like, I, I think the main thing for me that was really probably the most obvious is like, I've managed to like, I, I, I stayed in, I was in Halifax for only like 11 months, but I made friends there very quickly. Like within those 11 months, uh, I probably was at Volta only starting after like the first month or something like that. So I was only at Volta for like nine or 10 months. Uh, During that time, I like met a co-founder of Addo, which I worked on. Um, I made, uh, had like a bunch of clients that I worked on, uh, whose products I worked on as a freelancer. I made friends who are friends who have crashed on our couch in, uh, in Vancouver. Um, But it took me a lot longer to like make that same kind of 
those same types of friends in Vancouver. And I feel like that's a, a stereotype of Vancouver is that it's like hard to make friends here. <laughs> but like, <laughs> like I I did find it harder to like the the at like at launch, like there is there was a solid community, but like making the types of friends that like I made in Halifax took a lot longer. Um, and actually like one of the one of the companies that I do some work with these days is actually like one of the one of the friends I made in in Halifax. Um, actually, I still have a couple of clients uh, in in Halifax because even just during that that short term, like I I built really really great relationships with folks out there. Um, I think part of that comes with just like big cities, like when you're bigger in a smaller cities, community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, bigger at least. Yeah, uh, Montreal. I was in. I was in university, so it was. I feel like it's different in university. It's easy to make make those connections because you're all in class together. Um, yep. Yeah. But I, I know you also spent some time in Vegas. So oh, yeah. what what were what was that <laughs> startup community like? Let's, let's backtrack to that. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was an interesting time. So Vegas was when I was working on Addo, and we got into this accelerator called the Mill. Um, and so we initially, basically, there was uh, another company from Halifax that got into this accelerator. Really loved it. And when they came back to Halifax, they just encouraged a bunch of us. They're like, you should apply. Like, this is fantastic for us. Um, so you should go for it. And we did. And a couple of us got in. Um, and so we we ended up setting up like Canada House in, in Vegas, where uh, we rented this like little house and uh, a bunch of bunch of us were living in this little house uh, in, in downtown Las Vegas. So not on the strip, uh, but but pretty DTLV. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, pretty close, but it's still very different. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was actually like close to where, um, what are they called? Uh, Zappos has like the yep. little. Like, I, I can't remember the name, things. but they've changed the name a couple of times. So don't blame me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I ended up spending like a month down there and then it was a three month program. I spent a month there, then a month back in Vancouver and then back to Vegas for a month. Um and uh, they, yeah, I mean, the, it's the the Vegas Tech Fund is like the the big thing, the the thing that drives the startup community. I think um, that, and I guess Zappos and Tony Shea. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It was uh, it was an interesting community. I really enjoyed our time at the mill. Um, they. Yeah, they really they really helped us figure out what we were what we were doing and what we weren't doing. Um, and the 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 way it was set up essentially is like the the accelerator operated out of a house, and we would just go work from this house, uh, like a literal house, like a residential like, house. Yeah, like a resident, like the people next door. Like, I mean, one of the <laughs> one of the founders of the accelerator like lived in the house um, upstairs. Gotcha. But she was part time because she was like she was part time. She was working full time, but she was part time in Vegas, part time in Los Angeles, and so she would like she had the top floor is like a three-story setup um and she had the top floor when she was in vegas and uh that was like her bedroom and stuff uh and so the the second second floor and ground floor were 
sort of workspace and kitchen. And- this is starting to sound something like straight out of the show Silicon Valley, which I can't <laughs> watch, right? It's so like- funny. Like that show strike way too close to home on <laughs> like i i'm trying to imagine like you know there's there's this person in this house and then people like all these startup bros are walking through with the red bulls and computers every day and then like you see bill next door with his like you know watering his flowers and all that kind of stuff like that's that's what i'm imagining right now yeah it was very different to that but it is it is funny to think of like the, the similarities and like yeah it was like a it was a house um that was used for this uh yeah for this this so did you get to meet like the the larger kind of vegas startup community at large like what what would you kind of take away from from that experience other than you know the obviously the the program which sounds great by the way i i know i'm making fun of it a little bit but but you know this this is how you guys start to remember that the mill is a thing in vegas if you're listening to it um (laughs) but but like did you get to experience like what what is nevada like in terms of startups like i know tony shay's you know, set out this kind of ambitious project to make it a, a hub. Um, some of it's failed. Some of it hasn't been as successful as that it's wanted, but, but like, you know, kudos to him for trying. What, what do you kind of see in that community? Cause now we've talked, we've yeah. talked about Nova Scotia. We've talked about Vancouver. What, what can you take away from Vegas? I feel like I wasn't there long enough to really comment on the community. Mm. Um, and most of the time that I was there, like, so, uh, uh, the the my co-founder at Addo, Moses, he was there for the full three months. Mm-hmm. And so he got to actually participate in a lot of the activities that I missed, like in that middle section <laughs> um, where they did go like get more involved with with the rest of the startup community. And they got to like go to the Zappos offices and like all, all of that sort of stuff. Um, I, I feel like I'm not yeah super well qualified to, to comment on on that community. Um, other than I got to go to one of their, I forget if it's like a, it's not just a co-working space. I think it was an incubator. Um, and it was a pretty large space and there are a lot of people doing stuff on, I, I just, this might just be like what's stuck in my head. Cause I just thought it was really cool, but I remember people like building a lot of hardware. Um, there are people like soldering things and like, I don't know, playing with drones and stuff like that. Um, so it was kind of cool. It was like this big two, two or three story, like, well, big. Yeah. It was a two, two or three story space, uh, that just had a bunch of people working on cool <laughs> stuff with a lot of fun hardware that I just really wanted to get my hands on. No, yeah. That's awesome. Cause I, I think when, when we kind of look back and, and I've, I definitely haven't lived in, in deep in, in startup communities like you have, but like, I think it, sometimes the environment does shape the, the culture of the, the communities a little bit. Like you and I, like we were joking about housing, housing and how expensive it is here. But I mean, that ultimately does make an impact oh, on, on what that's like. And now I, wouldn't, I don't want to dive deep into that, but I think something else that I don't think is a detriment <laughs> to, to Vancouver is, yeah. is the fact that like it's so nice outside for a lot of the year, even now, like this is mid October recording, <laughs> like, like the windows right across from me. And it's like, man, like it's a nice time to go for a walk. So like, yeah. I did notice that when I'm comparing to, to like other places I've been, like even the, the working culture, I'm not here to suggest that people in Vancouver don't work hard, but yeah. definitely like they, they know how to experience life as well. Right. Yeah. So, so that results in, you know, going to Whistler, going to Squamish, going on the Island, um, where, where people are much more spread apart after, after the hours that you're locked in. 
Yeah. Whereas I can foresee like a place where frankly, there's not as much to do. We're all going to hang out at the same place day and night. Right. Like it's kind of like a forced marriage all looks kind of thing. Um, yeah. So, so like that obviously will have its own pros and cons as well. Like I'm not suggesting that's all, that's all, you know, roses and lilies, but, but I, I can definitely foresee that in, in different communities. Like these are just kind of like the, the environments that, that people have to work with and around. Yeah, I think that's fair. And like, and so one of the things in Vegas that I realized when we were down there is like, so it's actually really spread out. Mm -hmm. It's actually a really big city, like millions of people live there. Um, and, or like greater, greater Vegas. Yet they all gather on the same street when we're visiting. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and one of the, one of the folks who was part of the previous cohort had a house there and I forget what her rent was, but I remember thinking like, holy that's, that's so low. And it's like (laughs) a two story house with like a pretty big backyard and like this beautiful pool and it's like two wow. grand a month what oh my god um, <laughs> it kind of blew my mind also in that same trip so at the at the very end like we ended up going to to san francisco and meeting up with some folks there um and uh <laughs> on the flip side we stayed with some 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 people who were living in like a basement apartment that was like a tiny one bedroom like maybe 450 square feet and they were paying like 3,000 or like 3,000 US dollars a month or something like that (laughs) I was like it's it's yeah it's wild um I so as far as like Vegas goes and like the I don't know how the 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 environment shapes like the startup community I think there is something to places that have that have uh inexpensive rent um or housing rather um, and I think you're right in, on some level that like the reason or one of the reason people move here is for the outdoors and for the lifestyle. But if you want to sustain that, you need to be ready to, <laughs> to, to pay for the rents that you have to pay here. And if you're going to do that, then either you, if you want to do that and you want to have the time to enjoy the outdoors, like you got to basically just get a job that pays well like it's something unless you have money yeah if you already have money and you have money to play with to to work on a startup um then fine but (laughs) otherwise it's a little harder so so actually let's let's kind of transition to that a little bit in terms of startups because i think it can be attractive, especially like we talk about living to, to just go and and get a job or whatever like specifically for yourself like you've done products, you've done services. I, I can't remember if you've actually ever like taken a job. Maybe yes, maybe not. Um, <laughs> um, but like what kind of motivates you to to keep going versus any of the other alternatives, right? Like, do you still want to go in product someday or, or are you kind of happy right now in terms of the, the current direction that you're currently headed in? Um, or like, I always joke that, you know, you should go, go work at Apple and get me a discount on those, <laughs> on those iPhones. <laughs> well, not, not yet. <laughs> um, uh, no, I'm still, I, you know, I like, I like, uh, doing, doing my own thing. Um, so with, uh, with EC, Ava and I are actually working on a few different projects. Um, actually one of my problems is, well, I think, I think a lot of people with sort of an entrepreneurial spirit, 
have this problem is that we want to work on like a billion different things or we get really deep in like one thing that we just like obsess over. Um, I'm, I'm more on the, I, I see a shiny new thing that I want to build and I start building it, um, which can be a problem. Uh, <laughs> but that's actually one of the reasons I really enjoy working on EC is we get to build sort of smaller products for a wide variety of clients. Um, and so I get to have that experience of like doing a little bit of something here and then trying this other shiny new thing there. And sometimes they have needs that are different enough that I'll get to play with different technologies. And um, yeah, but we also are working on a couple couple things that you could call a product. Um, one is uh, we're we're still still very early, but we're, we're starting to do research. We've started building a very early prototype for something that we're calling the funding lab, um, mm -hmm. which is going to be basically a database to search for funding. Um, I've been talking to you about this, Sam, uh, for what, like a year I now? I thought that was supposed to be our little secret. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like it's uh, it's a thing we're primarily now we're focusing on on grants um, and but we're also looking into other types of, of financing that could be useful for particularly organizations that have the mission that we're that we're targeting. So if you're doing something with like social environmental impact, then we'll have uh, a nice easy to search database with grants. Um, maybe it's impact investors that you could reach out to or venture funds that that might make sense for for your mission um with like a whole suite of tools that we want to build around that whether it's like managing your application processes for all of these different things or connecting with grant writers or one of the other things that we're well we've kind of talked about exploring is uh, apparently one of the big issues with grants is there's very little transparency about the amounts that are actually dispersed by the grantors grantors um and so people will see like oh yeah this is potentially like a hundred thousand dollar grant but the actual average grant amount um is like 30 grand and so they spend what they think is a hundred grand worth of effort trying to apply for this grant right. but they get 30 grand just the amount of effort they put in doesn't match with what they get out um so that's one of the things that we're kind of exploring about how, how could we make that more transparent um and if we get people applying through through the through this portal maybe that's a thing we could collect from them when they apply um we're also building a community uh that is <laughs> i mean you know you know about this sam it's not exactly easy oh, uh, yeah. community building um but we have this idea that um we want to create a space for people uh, who are building tech with social environmental impact uh, to connect and, and share their learnings. Uh, whether that is like specifically about uh, working in tech in this space. So often that might mean applying for grants or maybe it's about like getting certified as a B Corp or other, other things along those lines. Maybe it's sharing research. Um, but it might also just be the sort of stuff that you would chat about in any other sort of tech community, um, but with this this focus on on sustainability and social impact. So yeah, those are those are two things that are kind of product like that we're or one is definitely product um, that that I'm working on, and uh, yeah, I, I do love building products. So yeah. 
So how can, how can people find out about these things that you just talked about? Well, uh, it's there, there aren't. So sustainable tech is the name of the community space. And so if you go to sustainable tech, uh, sustainable hyphen tech.net, that is where you can find that <laughs> for now. It's basically just me and my fiance mainly posting on there. Uh, even Ava has not really posted much on there. Ava. <laughs> yeah, very disappointing. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's there and it's, it's hopefully going to grow someday. Um, or maybe, or maybe a better question is, is how can people connect with you? What's the, what's the easiest way to connect with you? Like maybe they got a project they're interested in. Maybe they want to, to, you know, dive more into grants with you. Maybe, maybe they want to talk shop or maybe they just want to see how many Red Bulls you can drink. Um, <laughs> like what, what's the best way for people to connect with you? Uh, probably just heading over to fmair.ca and, uh, that'll, that'll make it a lot easier than typing out fmacreative.ca. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, that's our website. Um, that's probably the easiest way to get in touch with me or Raphael at fmacreative.ca, but yeah. <laughs> We'll have those all listed um, on the podcast description. So for those of you that are listening, um, don't worry. We'll have <laughs> all hyperlinks so it's easy to access and get in contact with Raphael. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much again like for joining us and um, having this amazing discussion. I actually learned a lot more about Sam and early days of launch because I'm still, I'm still kind of a newbie, I guess. Like I'm, I'm reaching my second year. So I just got there near the tail end of the Launchpad program and like all the community events that you did um, before we went full force with Maple. So it was kind of nice to hear a little bit more about what was going on before all that. Launchpad <laughs> program is alive and well. It's, it's a closed beta. <laughs> Raph is a closed beta participant, but he's not allowed. He's not allowed to talk about it. Not. I'm, not I'm joking. We don't. We don't have NDAs at launch. <laughs> <laughs> Save yeah. that for another time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Thanks again, Raphael, um, for joining us, and uh, we're gonna close it off. We don't want to take too much more of your time. You know, it's been hitting up the hour mark now. So. No, <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah, I've been told by our producer that at the end of this episode, we're supposed to tell people to subscribe to this podcast. So, <laughs> so if you're listening to this and you're following the instructions, like, does it really work? Because we see <laughs> we see this at the end of every YouTube video. We hear it at the beginning of every podcast. So like, you know, like, subscribe, comment. Leave us a five-star review. Don't leave us a one-star review because that that doesn't make us feel very good. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, like, does this work? So, so you know, hit us up. I think it's it's pretty easy to find. And we're, our socials are Launch Academy HQ pretty much everywhere. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go leave a five-star review right now. Excellent. I heard the upcoming <laughs> guest is really good. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thanks. Thank you.